In Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12, we read, There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. If you have ever gotten into an argument with somebody, of course you think you are right. We all think we're right when we argue with somebody. But sometimes we come away from that argument and we see how we have brought death into our lives by that argument. And sometimes God will cause us to reconcile with that person with whom we have disputed and we have peace. And we are so grateful to God that he allowed us to reconcile and have peace, and we realize how foolish we were to have thought that was so important. Certainly the Word of God is important, but the Word of God is also a way of peace. And if we seek God when there is strife over the Word of God, or we see a person going the wrong way, very often God will lead us in a more peaceful approach to the situation than we would have done ourselves. In Matthew chapter 5, Jesus says some remarkable things. Verse 38, Ye have heard that it hath been said, An eye for an eye, and a tooth for a tooth. But I say unto you that you resist not evil. But whosoever shall smite thee on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if any man will sue thee at the law and take away thy coat, let him have thy cloak also. This is totally foreign to the way of thinking of man. Jesus brought a totally different way of life. He brought a way that is so foreign to us that some of us think, well, I really couldn't ever do that. But I have found the things that I think I can't do. At some point in time, God usually enables me to do the thing through him that I thought was impossible for me to do. And the Apostle Paul said in Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. And I have found that to be the case. I can't do it, but when God gives me his word, that changes me and I can do it. There is a passage of scripture in Ezekiel where God says, I will give you a new heart and a new spirit that you can do what I ask you to do. That's in Ezekiel 36. In John 18, 36, Jesus said, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from hence. 
As we have experience with God, we come to the position that our kingdom is not of this world. The things that the people fight and squabble over and try to lay up on this earth, we, as we grow older, see how foolish it is. We who are of God. And we also see how few things we really need. For at one point in our life, we were gathering everything we could possibly gather. Now, down the road, 40 or 50 years down the road, we really even desire fewer things because we see those things that we once treasured as being burdens. I don't want a big house. I don't want all of those possessions. They're trouble. I have come to the point, or God has brought me to the point, where I just want one room and all my things around me and to have less problems with things. It changes as you go along. But we eventually come to see this is not our kingdom. The godly people of the Bible viewed themselves as strangers and pilgrims in this world. This was not their country. This was not their world. Hebrews 11, verse 13. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of that from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. But now they desire a better country, that is, an heavenly Wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city. Second Peter chapter 3 tells us that in the end God will destroy the heaven and the earth. Everything we can see with our natural eye will be destroyed by God in the end. When we really have this concept, it changes us. All of a sudden, these things we treasured that we can see on this earth begin to fade away, and we realize it's all very temporary. Let's read Second Peter chapter 3, for Peter tells us, what we should be like as we live on this earth. Starting at verse 10, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, 
what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy godliness and conversation? Looking for and hastening unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. One day I was reading this and that verse 13 really stood out to me and I saw no matter what I do, I cannot make this world righteous. It's the new heaven and the new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace, without spot and blameless. The end time message is a message of peace. Follow after the things that make for peace and things whereby you can edify another. It is not a matter that we are weak and mealy-mouthed, but we're very strong in the Lord. Our strength is in Him, and because we know the Word of God, we live differently from this world. But we follow after the things that make for peace and things whereby we can edify that other person. Edify means cause them to grow in grace of God. Luke 21 And as some spake of the temple, how it was adorned with goodly stones and gifts, Jesus said to them, As for these things which ye behold, the days will come in the which there shall not be left one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. You're looking at the wrong treasure. Luke 21, verse 33, Jesus says, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. This changes us when we understand this. The things of this world will all be destroyed. The time will even come when the rich men throw their silver and gold into the streets knowing it won't do them any good. They can't be saved at all by silver and gold and it's of no value to them. Things will change so dramatically. You can read that in Ezekiel chapter 7, verse 19. This is a prophecy given Ezekiel for the end times. They shall cast their silver in the streets, and their gold shall be removed. Their silver and their gold shall not be able to deliver them in the day of the wrath of the Lord. They shall not satisfy their souls, neither fill their bowels, because it is the stumbling block of their iniquity. 
So what is worth pursuing? Everything you can see will be destroyed. What is worth pursuing? The Word of God. I was born again August 5th, 1975. God said to me, Joan, you know these mistakes you've been making all these years? Those weren't mistakes. Those were sins. And I said, oh, sins? I thought they were mistakes. God caused me with that word to be born again, giving me a new heart, a new spirit, and getting me on the road of following God and rejecting the impulses of my own flesh, keeping them crucified with Christ, the word of God. I began storing up scripture at that point in time. To me, there was nothing as wonderful as the word of God. Nothing. No human, no property, nothing was as wonderful to me as the word of God. And it's still that way 40 years later. So I began storing scripture as given me by the Holy Spirit, one scripture at a time, and I began doing it and continuing to live by the instruction in those scriptures, rejecting what my own flesh wanted to do. And I was being made one with the word of God, scripture by scripture, conformed into his image. That is worth having. And to me, it is what we must pursue. Here are some very interesting scriptures on that subject. Matthew 13, Jesus says, starting at verse 44. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure hid in a field the which when a man hath found it, he hideth and for joy thereof goeth and selleth all that he hath and buyeth that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man seeking goodly pearls, who when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. These scriptures are like that. There's nothing like the word of God. When God brings a scripture to your mind, it's great treasure, far more valuable and precious than rubies and gold or anything that you could desire. Store it in your heart by doing the word of God. I collect scripture that's brought to my mind by the Holy Spirit, put it on my Kindle photo tablet so that I can refresh my mind and be refreshed from time to time. Sometimes I'll have 30 minutes between television shows and I'll go to those scriptures and read them. Sometimes I'll read all of them that one night or one morning and just take a basically bathe in the scriptures 
But there's nothing like the scriptures, nothing. And it will last forever. Paul said something so interesting. Let's read what he says. The Apostle Paul told us to exercise yourselves unto godliness. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 7 and 8, Paul says, Refuse profane and old wives' fables. Profane means secular, secular and superstitions. Refuse profane and old wives' fables, and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. For bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having the promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. As a person of the world exercises continually for an hour or however long, we exercise unto godliness by renewing our mind to the Bible, to the Word of God. And this exercise, the spiritual exercise that we do with the Scriptures, has the promise of both the life that now is and the life that is to come. If you're focusing on your body, it will be destroyed in the end time. Either God will destroy the heaven and earth, or you will die and leave the body, because these you do not have these physical bodies in the new heaven. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. 1 Corinthians 15, Paul tells us, I'll show you a mystery. We will not all die, but we will all be changed. When we are removed from this earth, we will not have these physical bodies. We will be changed in the blink of an eye. In the twinkling of an eye, God will change us out of these physical bodies and give us a new body. In the new heaven and new earth described in Revelation 21, there will be no physical pain, there will be no sorrow, no emotions that we know today. Because these are all fleshly. And we will not have this flesh in the new heaven and new earth. So exercise yourself unto godliness with the scriptures, reviewing the scriptures thinking on the scriptures, doing the scriptures, continuing to do the scriptures. For that has promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. Isaiah 26, verses 3 and 4. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. Stay your mind on the word of God. Whatever God has told you, keep your mind focused on that, not what you can see on this earth. Trust ye in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah 
is everlasting strength. Thank you for allowing me to share with you.